Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alone at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. Our next workshop is coming up February 15th through the 17th in Florida, just outside Orlando. Space is limited, so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY to register. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. We're so glad that you've decided to join us. I'm your host, Jonathan, and we have back with us uh, from Austin, MJ Dennis. And so, MJ, welcome back to the program. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so MJ is a counselor in the Austin area, and and, uh, I'm excited to have her on again because um, we're going to be talking about an issue that I think is very relevant to a lot of women out there who have faced betrayal uh, in their marriages and then really have to wrestle through like, what are their next steps? What do they do next? And, and we're going to be talking about why do some women choose to stay in those relationships after betrayal? And so MJ, why don't you just, um, it's been a little while since we've had you on the program. So why don't you share with any of our new listeners uh, just kind of who you are and uh, what kind of work you do there in Austin, and then we'll dive into the topic here. Okay, sure. Um, so my name is MJ Dennis. I am a licensed professional counselor, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also an ASECT certified sex therapist and an APSAT certified partner trauma specialist. I'm in private practice at Crossroads Counseling Associates here in Austin. Um, I have a large portion of my clients are partners of sex addicts and or I see the couple um, where a couple where sex addiction has impacted them. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have a portion of my practice that focuses on sex therapy and helping people with if there's sexual dysfunction or sexual trauma, um, these two fields of being a partner trauma specialist and a sex therapist actually work hand in hand um, because I find that when there's been betrayal, um, that absolutely impacts a person's sexuality. And when there's been sex addiction, there's always sexual issues. So um, these certifications help me have some education to help couples when they're trying to recover after infidelity. Yeah. And, you know, I always like to say in our ministry, you know, we want to work ourselves out of a job, you know, but there's there's a reality that there's just a lot of brokenness in this area of sexuality and relationships. And, and so in some ways in a, in a, 
a sad kind of way, there's job security in what we do because there's such a great need out there for people who are struggling in these areas. But the good news is that there's, there's hope and help for those who are struggling in these areas, right? Yes. And I, I, I'm really excited that people are leaning into doing sex therapy and trying to heal the sexual part of their relationship instead of just trying to flounder through and having years of misery. So it's, it's a good season to be in 2018 in a world where we get to lean into sexual healing. Yeah. So let's, let's dive in here. So you have put together kind of some, some uh, points here. And by the way, listeners, we're going to provide you with these, uh, with these show notes so that you'll be able to kind of follow along or at least be able to have this as a resource afterwards to kind of maybe jog your memory of some of the things we talked about here. But why don't you um, take us through beginning to unpack this question of, you know, why do some women choose to stay after betrayal? Yes. Um, So I think there's a long list of reasons why women choose to stay after betrayal, but I tried to narrow the list down to, Um, the most common reasons that I see. And so I put those reasons into five categories to make it easier to talk about it today. Um, It's a common question when I'm working with my partners that they'll say, I've experienced betrayal. I'm traumatized. I'm sad. I'm overwhelmed. He's hurt me so much. Why am I staying? I don't even understand why I'm staying after such pain. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to sort of set the stage here too that um, this is this really is her decision, right? Because I think there's a lot of people that want to want to speak into speak into this type of situation and sort of bring their own histories and their own ideas and their own. But at the end of the day, this betrayed wife is the one who has to make the decision about what she's going to do in terms of staying or leaving, right? Yes. Yes. Um, it doesn't mean that there can't be helpful voices from the outside, but we have to, we have to respect her choice in this. I don't think anybody else can make that decision. Right. It's, it's for the couple. It's specifically for her to decide what she wants to do with her life. And so there are a variety of factors that women weigh out in, in the days following discovery in the months as after people are trying to repair their marriage, Mm -hmm. this is not a one-time decision, but actually a daily battle for a long period of time, I think, until women come to that place of peace. And I think, I think it's important too, to, because we see this. um, I, I even experienced this even in my own marriage that when my wife and I, after we were separated for nine months and she came back and we reconciled and, and stayed together, um, there were some very well-meaning people in her life even that sort of kind of looked down their nose at her mm-hmm. almost in judgment, like you fool, what are you doing going back into that relationship? And I think it also happens on the other side that then when a wife decides this abuse is too much and she ends up leaving, there can also be kind of the condescending attitudes towards a wife who leaves. So I, the reason I bring up that the need to respect her choice is because it isn't a decision that anybody else can make. She has to be the one to make it. And I, in the positions that we are in as caregivers, 
we are there simply to provide the care and help that that wife needs, right? So it, regardless of what decision she makes, she's going to have to have healing that goes on in her own life and going to need some help for her own journey forward, whether she stays or goes. After um, discovery um, and women make it to counseling, I try to encourage my ladies to consider who their support system is. It's not supportive to have somebody telling them what to do. And you're right. Sometimes there's judgment. People will be judged for staying and then they'll be judged for going. And so a judgmental support system is not a support system. So I often encourage my clients to think about who is safe, who is just going to be there and be helpful and provide comfort and care while you are deciding what you want to do. And then at the same time, there to be able to, as a counselor, navigate those opportunities when some stretching does need to happen, some growth does need to happen. So it's not as if, and that's, that's sometimes the hard part maybe for a wife in this situation. She's so raw emotionally and so um, uh, just devastated that to leave it up to her completely in the sense of being able to know who is safe and who isn't, sometimes she needs some guidance in that regard too, because if somebody is just, uh, we see this in our ministry a lot when maybe a, maybe a handful of these wives will come together in a group and it becomes a husband bashing session. So the only thing that's happening in those, it's not about caring for one another. It's like, let's rip the men apart. Let's tear them to tear them to pieces. And it's kind of like, well, I get you're angry and we need to process that anger, but that's not necessarily a helpful community for what you need in terms of the healing. And so I do think sometimes having a counsel that can come alongside as sort of an objective party that has experience in this and education in this area, uh, I think that provides a stability for a wife going through this process. Yes. And boy, don't you speak um, to the importance of having a group facilitator who can really manage group dynamics and keep, keep the group therapy productive, healing, and not make it a bashing session. There's benefit in a me too experience when somebody says, I have pain, I have anger, I feel this way. And then having a group say, me too, I get that but not for the purposes of bashing and then people leave feeling worse than they did when they got there. Yeah. Not very helpful. So let's unpack you. You said you have these five areas that kind of comprise why a woman might stay uh, after betrayal. So let's break these down. The first one you have there has to do with values that that's a, that's a reason why a woman might stay. Why don't you unpack that? Yes. Um, When working with my partners, we have to talk about their value system Um, to explore why are they staying, what's going to to help them lean in, what causes them to lean out. Um, I often hear um, one reason women stay is because they value an intact family system. Mm -hmm. I don't want to leave because I want my kids to have both parents. I don't want to leave because I think about the holidays and what will we do at Christmas um, if we're not if we're divorced. And so sometimes ladies will stay because they so value an intact family system. Also, I hear a lot about loyalty and commitment. I made a vow when I married my husband. 
I said I would honor him and stay till death do us part. I want to stay because I made that commitment and I'm loyal to him, even if he wasn't loyal to me. So women will sometimes want to stay to honor these values. Also, Jonathan, um, religious values come into play here. I hear ladies really grappling with um, honoring God mm. and and the rules around the religious rules around marriage. And so some ladies will say, do I have permission to leave? I think in order to honor God, I must stay in my marriage no matter what. That sometimes is where we talk about safe boundaries. Um, my Christian lens certainly comes into play here when I will share, you know, my belief about our souls um, we get to live in this body, this house that God gave us, and our goal is to take care of the house. That That's how we honor God. And so sometimes we stay because of our, our values, but sometimes we consider leaving because our value is we have to care for this mind, this heart, this body God gave us. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I, I totally get the value system. And, and the thing is, is that that's another area where it's like, those are, those are personal to mm-hmm. that, that person. And we, and, and again, yet at the same time, a counselor can come along and say, I'm, I'm not going to disrespect your values, but you might also bring uh, other perspectives um, that, like you said, that, that recognize that sometimes even within those value systems, like for instance, take the religious value systems, sometimes even within those, there's possibly a misunderstanding of what those values actually mean biblically or, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like we understand covenant language in, in like religious terms, but then there's also other um, uh, principles based on things such as uh, sexual unfaithfulness, abandonment, abuse. There are these other things where it's like, okay, we have, we definitely have this overarching value of covenant, but at the same time within this marriage relationship, we have these other principles that can also come to bear on this that say, hey, you are, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so therefore you're, you're responsible before God in terms of what you're doing with it. And this is where it gets very, very difficult because I've, I've heard from some women that they say, God has absolutely told me to stay right here. And I know it's going to be difficult and it's not going to get better. And then I've had other women that have said, I'm going to get out of here at the first sign of trouble. You know, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's there's this huge gray area in how women make this decision. But right now, we're really talking about why do women choose to stay? And I think that's important. And you're saying values play a big part in that. That is something they just hold dear in terms of uh, what they consider important. Yes. Yes. So then you have this next one that you describe as attachment and safety. What do you mean by that as being, as being maybe a reason why a woman would choose to stay? So this is really important, this attachment and safety. Um, so I want to talk about humans from a kind of a different perspective. If we think about humans um, as animals, like human mammals, 
right? We're one of the animals that's on the planet, right? Birds and bears and humans. And as humans, we have, you know, all the animals have ways that they keep themselves safe, right? Bears have claws. Um, a mosquito has a, a stinger, yeah. right? What do, what do humans have to keep themselves safe? Well, we have a frontal lobe, this part of our brain that thinks critically, that helps us stay safe. Another way that humans stay safe is we go on the buddy system, right? We, there's safety in numbers, right? So humans will, what we call attach or bond with other, others of our species. Mm-hmm. When we're kids, we attach with parents or caregivers for safety. When we're adults, we attach with another, with our intimate partner for safety. And when, when humans attach with each other, when they bond, it's really like super glue. Once we are attached to somebody, man, we are really attached. We're glued together. And so from this biological kind of lens, we human mammals attach with other human mammals for safety so that we can function in the world. So if there's been betrayal, even though there's pain and hurt, we humans are biologically wired to stay connected even in pain. So sometimes ladies will say, boy, he really hurt me. He did all these things. Why do I still love him? Why am I not going anywhere? And one reason is you're attached to your person. Mm -hmm. It's like super glue. And so you will, sometimes people will stay through the pain because they are attached. Well, not only that, because of the sexual union that occurs in a married couple, we know of, of the chemical releases of oxytocin and things like that, that actually create, they are even considered a bonding chemical. Yes. Um, so there's even, that intensifies that attachment even more, which is why sometimes, like you've been saying, there are some women that almost to themselves, they're a little confused uh, about the, what, pers- what seems to them the illogical desire to stay with somebody who betrayed them. And I think there's a biological component to that that we can't just yes. dismiss out of hand that says, listen, if you've had a sexual relationship for 20 years with this person, you've developed a very intimate bond, even if now you're discovering that there's betrayal. It's not as if your brain, your brain you know, immediately and automatically creates new tracks and chemical patterns just because you learn a betrayal. Right. It's like you still have those old patterns. And um, so that's, that's, I see what you're saying there in terms of the attachment issue. You also mentioned fears. How, why would, fe- what kind of fears would keep a woman in a relationship where betrayal has occurred? So I want to talk about a few, and this list is not complete. Yeah. There are hundreds of fears. Um, I broke it down into uh, maybe the top five that I hear often. So financial fears absolutely impact a person's decision to stay. It's so tied to safety, right? So sometimes women will, will go through thoughts of if I, if we break up, how will I support myself? How will I pay the bills? How will I be okay in the world? If I'm not, if I don't share my financial house with my person. Mm -hmm. And so the fear of poverty, not having medical care, that will sometimes be a factor in why women choose to stay. Um, Social fears uh, play a role. Um, 
people wonder, women wonder, will I be embraced or rejected by my people, by my church, by my family, by my support system? Um, sometimes self-esteem fears play into this. Um, I often hear my ladies say, I'm broken. I'm so traumatized from this experience. Who will love me? Right, yeah. Who will desire me? If this marriage ends, I'm going to be alone and no one will want me. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes ladies, if they are experiencing pressure by their support system to, um, to stay or to go, and they're wrestling with that, um, they will experience isolation and what they perceive as a more abandonment and betrayal by their support system. And so if I, if I leave, will I lose my family church support system. Yeah. And you know, the thing is I see, and I see such a connection between these fears and then back to the value systems, right? Because yes. if you've got certain values, then if something sort of violates those values or causes you to question or struggle with those values, it brings up those fears. So if I, if I value the covenant and community of my marriage and what that means in terms of my church family and all those kind of things. Well, then when there's been a violation of, of that covenant through sexual, you know, acting out now it incites a whole bunch of fears related to the community that I'm connected with through my church and how, you know, what will the perception of me be and, and all of those kind of things. So there's a lot of connection here, I think, between the values and the fears. Um, yeah. And I, I, I get it. And I think it's important therefore that, uh, that caretakers come along and walk alongside these women for the amount of time that it's going to take to kind of unpack all of those and find a place of stability through that process. Yes. Yes. I've heard stories of um, ladies who had decided that they, they wanted to try to work on their marriage. Um, but in moments of ambivalence, where they felt like it's too much, it's too painful, they have hopelessness and despair, that sometimes their um, religious friends will shame them into staying, um, which feels like double betrayal. Right. Um, and so sometimes women get confused. It gets a little twisted up. I'm honoring God by staying in my marriage. Wait, I'm honoring God by leaving an abusive marriage and protecting myself. Oh, now I have degrees of religious shame and I should be doing fill in the blank. Um, and so it can really be confusing. And I think you're right. Women need time to unpack the values conflicts and all the conflicting fears that are um, impacting their decision. And this as a little sidebar here is, is also maybe a time where uh, what you and I discussed last month about therapeutic separation can sometimes be a helpful season for helping a wife go through this while her husband is also getting the help that he needs. Um, because I think sometimes the, the explosion that happens in a marriage when there's been sexual betrayal, I think it causes such a panic that a lot of times out of panic, we get hasty. We want to solve things immediately. Uh, a wife wants to 
have her pain alleviated immediately, wants to fix things immediately. We often talk about guys being fixers. Listen, when it comes to relationships, women want to fix it, right? I mean, uh, sorry, MJ, did I just throw you under the bus? But it's like, I think that's, that's the, I mean, we, I've been doing this for over 15 years and the most common response I see from wives when they discover their husband's betrayal is yes, they're angry. Yes, they hate the fact that he lied, but immediately they're going towards what are we going to do about it? You know, it's like, yes. And sometimes a wife needs somebody to come alongside and say, the first thing you need to do is take a long, deep breath because this is, yes, an explosion happened, but guess what? In the, even in the physical world, if an explosion happens, cleanup is not going to be fast. Right. So you've got a lot to sift through and work through. And I think these fears are some of those things that just take a while to unpack. You also mentioned here health issues as another one of these reasons. So, so what do you mean with that? So my experience, I see that unhealed emotional pain manifests physically. And so in the aftermath of betrayal, where there is so much emotional pain, it's common for the betrayed to experience health issues. Mm. Um, first and foremost, uh, um, digestive tract issues are very common. Um, I know the impacts of the adrenaline that runs from the safety issue impacts the digestive tract. So I hear women who have um, everything from reflux in their esophagus to nausea and sour stomach to um, diarrhea to, um, you know, all along the GI tract, mm -hmm. people get sick. It's quite common, I hear, of women developing autoimmune um, deficiencies and having uh, you know, a variety of you know, rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or these different kinds of conditions that can develop. Sometimes cancers develop, like people get sick. And, yeah. and because when women get sick, you know, they're compromised and kind of going back to we are these human mammals, one of the animals God put on the planet. Um, we need safety when we are vulnerable and sick and compromised. And so sometimes women will stay because they'll say, like, I'm not functioning well. Yeah. I have mental distress. I have emotional distress. I have psychological distress. Now I have these physical symptoms. I, I can't work world, just my husband and go get a job and feed my three kids. It's too much. So sometimes ladies have to consider their health issues in their decision to stay or go. Yeah. And then the last one you have here, we have a couple minutes left, but I definitely want to make sure we touch on this is you give the reason of hope as another reason why women stay after betrayal. So unpack that a little bit. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I was thinking about today's podcast and thinking, in talking about why women stay, I'm thinking about why women leave. Mm. And the number one reason why women leave is they lose hope. And so why women stay, it's that hope of, will my person, will my spouse who has a sex addiction, will he stop his acting out behaviors, right? If he can do that, this word bargaining comes in. If he can stop acting out, then we'll be okay. So they hold out hope for, sexual sobriety. They hold out hope for, will my spouse now learn how to be empathic 
and connected with me? Will we have intimacy? And I, I've shared with my clients this kind of lens that it can take couples three to five years to fully recover after infidelity. And so women will hold out hope. Let's see how this shakes out as right. the three to five years are going on. And can we heal from this, learn how to be close and connected, heal the sexual part of our relationship? I need to see who this man is once he is he has stability in his addiction and he's turning toward me. So I think yeah. hope really is a part of the glue and part of why women stay. Yeah, and, and in our ministry, that's a huge part of what we want to encourage and instill in women, not strictly hope in their circumstance changing, but hope that there's a, a God who can heal their heart regardless of what happens in their circumstance. And so I think sometimes... Hope is vital no matter what the outcome of the relationship is, but I think hope can be vital in that, tr in that transformation process, meaning, like you said, the ones who quote-unquote make it, it's a, like a three- to five-year process, generally speaking, to really kind of sort of get a new baseline, a new normal. What is our new relationship with one another going to look like? That takes a long time, and, and hope can be so vital during that season of change and, uh, and healing. So, yeah. uh, MJ, I really appreciate your time and your insight on this and for putting together this great little outline that I think is going to help a lot of our listeners. But let our listeners know how they can uh, touch base with you or learn more about your, uh, your counseling. So, I'm, I can be found at www.crossroads-counseling.net. Um, we have um, a very basic website, but it gives a little information about the counselors here and about me. Um, I also have a Psychology Today page. So if someone goes to Psychology Today and looks up MJ Dennis, they'll be able to read a little bit more about me. Well, again, thank you so much, MJ, for being with us. Uh, it was a real pleasure to have you on again. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And listeners, of course, we're always glad that you're with us. and We look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.